Hey everyone, welcome to the SaaS Sessions podcast. I'm Abhilash and I'll be your host for today. Today we have Justin Alva on the podcast. Justin is a seasoned marketer who's been working in the startup space for quite some time. He's currently the AVP growth at Smallcase. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. How are you doing? Thanks for the introduction, Abhilash. I'm doing great. Uh, very excited to be uh, talking to you today. Awesome, Justin. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your career path so far? Like how exactly have you gotten into the entire startup ecosystem? Sure. Um, so I graduated with a degree in electrical and electronics engineering. Um, never really used that uh, for the rest of my life thus far. Uh, but uh, coming from an engineering background has helped me you know, become a lot more analytical. Uh, but I think uh, what I discovered was that uh, I had a passion for understanding people uh, how, and how they behave. Uh, the engineering side got me fascinated about product, uh, whereas the more creative side uh, got me interested in marketing. And that's, that's how I decided, you know, the best place for me to uh, use that skill set uh, would be to get into startups where I get a lot more ownership. Uh, things move a lot more faster than, you know, uh, in larger companies. Um, so I started, uh, you know, back in 2009, 10. Um, I started up at the time, uh, I think Groupon was, uh, you know, just getting big in the US and we were building something similar down in India. Uh, it didn't work out and we shut down in uh, about 10 months. Uh, but it was a great experience and uh, I realized that I loved starting up, working in startups and so on. Uh, from there, I worked uh, on a bunch of things, including uh, you know, setting up the e-commerce for a sports content platform. Um, then I ended up starting up again in 2014, where we were building a platform for visual artists to monetize their creative assets. So they could sell their, their artwork as art prints, posters, t-shirts, and other lifestyle products. So uh, the target market was India uh, for you know, buyers, but we had artists from all around the world. Uh, very similar to platforms like Redbubble or Society6. Um, so that was a very interesting experience. It taught me a lot. Uh, we, we managed to uh, do some interesting things in terms of customer acquisition, retention, and so on. Uh, I moved out of uh, Cupic uh, and, and started working on uh, an aerospace project. Uh, there was a competition called the Google Lunar X Prize, and there was an Indian team called Team Indus that was building uh, a lunar lander. Um, essentially, I worked on uh, you know, building the marketing side of things. Uh, we had to figure out a way to raise non-equity capital uh, for the $65 million uh, project. So I worked on building brand, uh, primarily leading things across digital, but also working on the entire marketing strategy across content, PR, and a host of other things. Um, and it's been uh, close to two years that now uh, I've been working on another interesting uh, you know, product called Small Cases. Uh, the company has built a new financial product that enables retail investors to um, invest in a basket of stocks, which we call small cases. 
uh, and it's based on ideas, themes, and strategies. Uh, so, for example, if you think electric vehicles are going to be the, uh, you know, the mode of transportation over the next 10 years, then you can invest in uh, a bunch of companies that are building this electric vehicle ecosystem. Uh, these are a basket of stocks that are listed on the Indian Stock Exchange, the National Stock Exchange, NSE. Um, so electric mobility is one example of a small case. Uh, we have many such small cases available. So my role over here is um, I look after brand marketing, paid marketing, and uh, while the business for a long time was B2B2C, uh, we have launched a B2C app for which I work with the product manager uh, on the growth side of things. So yeah, that's, that's uh, my career thus far. Uh, done a whole bunch of things across industries and domains, but uh, my core focus has always been uh, growth, marketing, a bit of product and the business side of things. Perfect, Justin. Thanks for taking us through your career. Definitely, there are a lot of varied experiences out there. And today we'd like to pick your brain and try to understand how exactly do people go about building a marketing strategy. Uh, like just coming into today's, uh, today's time, how have you been dealing with this whole uh, lockdown situation? Like, have you seen some trends uh, around COVID in general? So I think uh, this this has been you know talked about quite a lot amongst marketers. So uh, I'm afraid I might not be able to add anything new, but I could summarize some of the things that uh, people have spoken about and stuff that I've seen uh, firsthand. Uh, a lot of people have cut down, you know, brands have cut down on paid marketing. Uh, even companies that are doing uh, fairly well, uh, or, or rather companies that aren't affected too badly, uh, even they've moved away from spending a lot of money uh, on advertising. Um, obviously, there are certain companies that stand to benefit and they've been going more aggressively. Uh, so that, uh, you know, drop in spending on paid marketing has resulted in uh, the cost of advertising uh, on digital platforms dropping drastically. You know, we've seen uh, CPC, CPM uh, trending downwards. Um, at the same time, people are consuming a lot more content online. Uh, you know, websites are seeing an increase in traffic uh, and the websites I'm talking about are content driven websites. Right, uh, people are consuming a lot more of blogs, webinars, newsletters, podcasts, um, and hence I've seen a lot of people shift their marketing toward creating great content, uh, focusing on education, and uh, this is this is something that uh, has happened across industries, um, and that's something that uh, we've also been trying to do here at Smallface. Pretty interesting, Justin. Like. Uh... I do understand that these are difficult times for businesses and everyone's trying to use content and reach out to people and use this as a good time to engage and educate people more. Uh, now coming back to like this broad agenda of this topic, like, I just wanted to understand like how exactly uh, does someone build like a marketing strategy? Like what's the best way to go about it and how do you kind of understand uh, the basics into doing this? Got it. Um, so basically, I, I start uh, building a marketing strategy or a plan uh, with understanding my customer. 
uh, I don't think one can build a, a, a strong plan without doing that first step. Uh, and so I'll, I'll go ahead and touch upon how I typically go about this process of understanding uh, the customer. Um, obviously, I should be a user of the product so that I can understand the various use cases uh, and you know, then look into the data and identify you know, usage behavior. Uh, start segmenting into power users, core users, occasional users, and also look at uh, people who are churning. Um, I would then move on to trying to build personas. And in order to do that, uh, you have to speak to customers, right? And you have to pick customers of each of the segments I just mentioned, uh, power users, core users, and even churn users. Uh, obviously, there's a limit to how many customers you can speak to. Uh, which is where conducting surveys uh, could come in handy, right? You'd be able to send, uh, you know, information uh, questions across to a large set of people and get uh, data at a certain scale. Um, I then move on to trying to think like a customer. I put them, uh, I put myself in a customer's shoes and start asking questions. Um, I, depending on the stage uh, of customer that I'm looking to target. Uh, I might ask questions such as if they're on the product uh, and exploring, you know, say on the landing page and so on, uh, what are they doing right now? Why are they here? Uh, what sort of solution are they looking for? I might start exploring the range of mental states, emotions that the customers would be going through at the moment of feeling. Um, and if they were prospecting, uh, where would they go if they were looking for a solution? Is there a specific time of the day or time of the year during which they'd most likely be looking for a solution or perhaps are in the right frame of mind uh, for that solution? Uh, where would they be if they're not looking for that solution? So these are some of the questions that I would ask. Uh, I think that this process would help uh, with helping build audience segmentations. Uh, you'd be able to identify audiences that you should be targeting and deciding the order of priority. Uh, should you be targeting you know, power users or core users uh, first? Uh, you'll then be able to also identify channels uh, on which you can reach these uh, customers. Uh, finally, all of this would help you shape uh, your messaging. Um, so I think the best way to look at it would be through an example. So I took a, a hypothetical scenario in my head uh, let's say we were to, you know, uh, be running a product that helps digital marketers with reporting on ad spends, right? Uh, here's how I would go about learning about the customer. Um, so I'd start off with a few questions, right? Is the customer an individual, a team, an agency? Uh, what size of company or agency would use the product? Which geographies would I be targeting? And some of this would be obvious, perhaps from the pricing model that we're running. So uh, at the end of the day, pricing does uh, to an extent uh, enable or disable certain market segments, right? Uh, I, would, I would then understand obviously, you know, the different users, the power core occasional and, you know, people who churn. Uh, I would also talk to a lot of customers and, you know, conduct surveys. Uh, some of these things can be done during the onboarding stage. A lot of times you would collect information on the size of the company, the role of the users, etc. Right. But 
uh, you don't want to cause too much friction do, during onboarding. Um, I would then move on to say, you know, building personas for these users. Uh, who would use the product? Is it the digital marketer running the ad? Is it the team lead or is it uh, a VP or a CXO, right? Uh, how would they use the product? Uh, would they be using it to track, uh, you know, performance uh, on a daily or weekly basis? Or is it a decision-making tool for team leads? Or does it give a bird's eye view of spending and ROI measurement for CXOs? Uh, once, once you've identified these things, you then know who you're going to be uh, you know, targeting and what sort of messaging that you're going to put out there, right? Um, then I'm going to try and figure out uh, where would these uh, audience live, right? The digital marketer, let's say that we're targeting them, right? Um, where, where are they when they're not looking for a solution? They're probably on social platforms. They're probably reading a blog or listening to a podcast or, uh, you know, reading about something that's about uh, marketing. Uh, I, I'm sticking to what they might do to enhance uh, their professional skills and not uh, what they're doing during entertainment, but you could go along those lines as well. Uh, and then the question is, where do they go when they're looking for a solution? Uh, and when are they looking for a solution? What stage is the customer in? And basis that I would probably identify that they would perform a search uh, and it depends on which stage they're in. So they might perform a search to understand if there are solutions uh, for the problem that they have, uh, or uh, they might perform a much more uh, you know, focused search uh, for a specific product if they know that there is a solution that exists, right? Uh, or they might be going on to a platform like G2Crowd to identify if there are products that would help them with the particular problem that they have, right? Um, and so based on all of this information and understanding the stage of the customer, uh, the people that we're targeting, et cetera, I would end up saying that, hey, if I'm doing paid marketing, I would definitely do a lot of search ads. Uh, I would run display campaigns focusing on custom intent and uh, specific placement on you know, relevant websites. I'd possibly do uh, LinkedIn, perhaps even Twitter, and depending again on the stage of the product, the, the type of audience, why not Facebook and Instagram as well? Uh, YouTube would definitely be on the list of channels uh, targeting say specific topics or specific channels. Uh, a place like Quora is interesting because you can target keywords, topics, questions, you can promote an answer. You know, On the brand marketing side, I would sponsor podcasts or YouTubers because personally I've experienced the value of uh, reaching out to uh, you know, uh, educators and influencers and content creators. Uh, say on the content front, I would build specific content for different stages of the customer's discovery process. Uh, you know, it could be publishing it on uh, uh, my blog, uh, as in the company blog, or you know, doing a guest post, right? Uh, perhaps put out an ebook or report that helps marketers understand trends, costs uh, of advertising across industries because we would have a lot of information about, you know, uh, spends on various digital platforms because we are a platform that helps with reporting uh, on, on digital ad spends. So uh, a very uh, interesting thing that I came across recently was uh, 
uh, a company called ProfitWell. I believe it helps with, uh, you know, tracking costs uh, when it comes to running your SaaS product. Uh, essentially, they put out an index that uh, tracks revenue, churn, etc., on a daily basis uh, across various uh, companies in the SaaS space, uh, and and I believe B2C's uh, subscription space as well. Uh, and that's interesting because they got a lot of people to sign up and track that index. That's a great way to market uh, at a time like this, right? You create a, a, a product from the information that you have, right? And uh, Abhilash, you, you work with more Engage, right? So uh, what I saw was interesting was uh, y'all put out some data on uh, how different companies, uh, you know, are going through the COVID situation, uh, product usage of customers on these various, uh, you know, uh, products across industries, because you all have insights into this as a marketing automation tool. Um, and I think those are very interesting ways to, uh, you know, build a, a strong marketing strategy based on this information, right? Uh, to summarize and, and, you know, reiterate what I mentioned at the beginning, a marketing plan is built on understanding your customer. And that's where I usually start. Perfect. Perfect. Justin. Thanks for sharing your insights here. Like you went through the entire phase of how exactly you map your customer, find out where they exactly lie and how do you reach out to them? And you gave in quite a few examples as well. Now I just wanted to uh, understand, like definitely there are quite a lot of actionables here, but uh, just going back a little into traditional marketing, how do you think, uh, things have changed from where marketing was like in the early ages versus how it is right now, like where we have so many ways to reach out to the user. Uh, as you mentioned, the core functionality is basically knowing your customer, uh, finding the right motivations, but how do you kind of draw like a parallel to something that existed years back? Fundamentally, I don't think a lot of things have changed. Uh, we do have a lot more channels per se. Uh, and, and each of those channels come with certain behaviors, but the fundamentals remain the same. Um, so I, I think, uh, one of the ways you can go ahead and develop, uh, an understanding of how that behavior has changed is, uh, uh I, I would like to share like a thought experiment. Uh, so this, this actually came, uh, up when I was, uh, having a chat with my girlfriend and she posed the question as to how would, uh, you know, you build a brand during the barter system era, right? Uh, so the problem there is that, uh, you know, commerce would usually occur within a very short radius because there was no mass media. People would most likely discover businesses through word of mouth. And uh, essentially the businesses that uh, stood out uh, would, would differentiate on the basis of product, personality, and service, right? Uh, that's the only reason uh, someone would refer you. So essentially breaking it down into that, uh, you would look at product features, uh, you know, and, and you'd look at quality and price, right? Uh, a customer would uh, derive true value from the product if it was priced fairly. Uh, if it's too low, they won't value it enough. And if it's too high, the customer will feel that they overpaid, right? 
so that's the product portion of things. And on the personality front, you would want to be likable, honest, genuine, uh, exhibit warmth, and other similar traits and behaviors. Uh, coming to service, you would want to be friendly, but remember, you're not necessarily the customer's friend because there is a transaction involved over there. So this is going down to the first principles of uh, how you would go about building a marketing system. And then start, start moving ahead in time, right? From the barter system, move to you know, a system where there is currency. And then when there's a system with you know, the printing press uh, where you could distribute information through written material. And then you get to the era of radio and then television and then digital. And so start looking at it from uh, a first principles approach. Uh, and you will start seeing that each channel, uh, you know, gives, a, you know, a kind of creates a new set of behaviors. And you would want to mold your product communication, your marketing strategy uh, based on that specific channel. Uh, there is, there is uh, no such formula, but there is a framework uh, and that framework is just as I mentioned, start from the first principles and that should help you uh, get to understanding the best way to build across channels. Perfect, Justin. Like that literally sums it up where you kind of explain how exactly things worked in the past and how you could just relay on that same information and build for the future. And uh, I also wanted to understand, uh, based on your experience, like what kind of experiments have worked really well for you? Like, have you seen something, uh, something new that you've tried that's worked really well for you? Sure. So uh, I, I, I can probably give two examples. Uh, one is from uh, back in 2014, 15, 16, when I was running my startup, Cupic. Uh, the one where we were building a platform for visual artists to sell their work on various lifestyle products. Um, we launched a new product line and uh, it, it was notebooks um, where, you know, artists designed the power of various notebooks, right? Um, and I'm, I'm borrowing from what I mentioned earlier where we were understanding our customer. What we managed to identify was our core users were women between 23 and 30 years of age from major cities in India. And we realized that the product uh, purchase wasn't intent driven, but more of an impulse purchase, right? Uh, and the key use case for the product was for you know, journaling or sketching, uh, but was not limited to utility, but was also for aesthetic purposes and uh, for the love of stationary products, right? Uh, so through that information, we identified Facebook as, uh, you know, the primary channel. Instagram was also around and we used it, but it was not as big as it is today. Um, primarily because the cost of ads were lower back then. And uh, based on the customer buying behavior, we realized that Facebook worked for us, right? So again, based on the information on, you know, the use case of the product, we experimented with the messaging. Uh, we focused on various use cases, but also on the joy of ownership of an aesthetic product, right? Because uh, like I mentioned, uh, women collected notebooks, not just for journaling and sketching, but because they loved stationery, right? Um, and then, you know, 
we we ran ads on those users and what we saw was that uh, we managed to acquire at uh, you know a really effective cost and the the outcomes of targeting that core users was uh, also driving word of mouth because of uh, a very interesting effect right uh, a product like notebooks was you know something that our core users derived satisfaction product satisfaction when others showed an interest in it so you're most likely to kind of take a notebook out in public and you know others would see it comment on it ask them hey where did you buy this and so by targeting our core users we managed to set off you know uh, a bit of viral effect uh, and that brought us customers who were not necessarily in that core target segment right so that was something very interesting that uh, we managed to pull off just by understanding uh, our customer for that product line right um, and right now uh, you know given that uh, we are cutting down on uh, non roi related spending uh, here at small case uh, we are focusing on education and content like a lot of companies out there right uh, so our product is uh, we're, we're not just building a new category for investment products beyond stocks and mutual funds but we're also changing behavior of our customers uh, basically that behavior changes we're trying to shift you know people from buying single stocks which are uh, you know more risky uh, and get them to start investing in a basket of stocks uh, which are well diversified uh, thus spreading their risk right so there's a need to build awareness of the product as well as education about the features and benefits and so on so uh, it's not just right now but we've identified since quite some time that YouTube is a very interesting uh, place for us. Uh, it is the largest search engine in India. Uh, it's it's uh, used more than Google for searches. Very interesting. Um, and there are a number of creators who focus on investing content, right? So what we've partnered with them is to create educational content in various languages. Um, so we we you know create a strategy. Uh, you know, by doing the following, where we identified motivator, uh, you know, motivators for each creator, right? And tailored content to fit seamlessly uh, with the creator's content. So it was essentially different content for different channels, right? It was not uh, one size fits all. Uh, we also explored different options for content creation beyond product shoutouts, right? So it was, it was not just an integration without uh, within the, the creator's content, but the creator actually doing a whole video on our product without it coming across as a product promotion, right? Uh, we focused on adding value to their audience uh, through our product. And I think this was very important for us. But I would say the most important thing was uh, we worked with creators who loved our product and uh, either would use our product or used our product, right? And I can't stress the importance of this because if you work with uh, an educator, content creator, or an influencer who loves your product, they're gonna find ways to do more than just what they've been uh, asked to do, right? They'll become your champions 
So figure that out. Figure out how to make them your champions and the rest will follow. Perfect. Perfect. This is actually really interesting. Like, uh, thanks for sharing this. Like, uh, YouTube definitely is one of the biggest channels out there. And it's good to see, like, you guys figuring out the best way to utilize the most out of it. Yeah. Uh, I would I would highly recommend, uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, already sponsor, you know, podcasts and so on. Um, uh, I, I'm not too familiar about the, the you know, SaaS space when it comes to, uh, you know, sponsoring YouTube channels, but I think that would be a very interesting place to explore. Um, one of the things that uh, we've noticed is it's not just about, you know, uh, the building of awareness, but a lot of YouTubers carry a lot of, uh, you know, uh, equity with their, uh, you know, audience. Their audience trusts their judgment, trusts their opinion. And I feel that it might be, uh, you know, a lot more than, you know, written content or perhaps even podcasts. I may be mistaken here, but, you know, that's what I've personally seen. Uh, but then, you know, uh, it's primarily uh, in the B2C space that I've worked on. So, you know, uh, take this with a pinch of salt. Perfect, perfect. Definitely, after experimenting, people find out what works for them. Uh, another thing I uh, went through was I read this blog that you'd written about uh, what Tinder needs to do to improve its conversions. So I just wanted to get your understanding on how exactly did you like go about that entire piece? Sure, sure. So um, I used to use uh, Tinder. I haven't used it you know, in quite some time uh, because, um, yeah, I have a girlfriend right now. So um, essentially don't have a use for the product, uh, which is interesting as well because uh, essentially Tinder as a platform uh, would see a churn of users when, you know, uh, they've achieved an objective. Uh, so essentially that churn is uh, not such a bad thing because you ended up working for the user, as in the product worked for the user, right? So I was curious as to how do you measure such churn, right? And uh, what what I came up with was, what if you could extend the, the use of the product beyond just meeting people? Right. So you could not just start a monetization uh, of that. Hey, two people have been matched. Uh, we've, we've monetized the whole process of getting two people to match. But how about monetizing the post matching process? Right. So what if Tinder launched uh, places to meet? So after you match and you've decided to meet, Tinder gives you the option to, uh, you know, meet at a certain set of places or, uh, you know, experiences and so on. And it could open its platform to vendors who could list deals for activities, restaurants, coffee shops, etc. And uh, a bunch of things could uh, happen out of this, right? It becomes a revenue stream. It also, you know, uh, Tinder has been focusing on safety. They launched a few safety features recently. So uh, by vetting places, they would be able to also provide safe spaces to meet. Uh, but very interestingly, it could also be used as uh, a measure of success, right? Uh, two people meeting and churning off the platform uh, could be now measured. And that's, that's how that idea came into place, right? 
another interesting thing was uh, A-B testing of the bio. I found that fascinating because I would have loved to pay for the experience of uh, being able to A-B test my bio, right? Uh, I think that's, that's something that's interesting. So a lot of these uh, insights were derived from my usage of the product. Um, and I think uh, that's, that's something that uh, I stressed earlier. Uh, understanding your customer doesn't just help you build marketing strategy, but it helps building uh, your entire product and, and growth strategy and perhaps even monetization strategy, right? Uh, so that's what uh, my piece was about uh, when it came to product suggestions for Tinder. Really interesting, Justin. Like, I really love the breakdown and how you brought across that these are some improvements that can be made. I'm sure like someone, I think someone from the Tinder team definitely needs to look at that post. <laughs> I, I hope so. I would love their feedback and I would love, uh, you know, to understand how they uh, go about building, you know, uh, product uh, features around monetization, engagement, etc. And uh, I'm sure that they would have thought of some of these things. And I would be really curious as to why they haven't built it out yet. I'm sure that there are reasons that I couldn't think of. Um, so I had done a product breakdown quite some time ago on uh, uh, the live trivia apps. Uh, so HQ trivia in the US and uh, closer to home, uh, uh, there was a really popular um, product called Loco. Uh, so I did a teardown, a growth teardown of uh, that, and uh, I, I did get some decent feedback on it. Uh, I am working on uh, uh, a growth teardown of Zeroda. So they are India's largest stock brokerage firm, um, and uh, they they process, I believe, uh, close to 15% of the the trade volumes in India. And if I'm not mistaken, they're one of the largest brokers in the world. Uh, interestingly, uh, they did all of this without raising any external capital. They are bootstrapped. Uh, they are profitable. And uh, it's, it's amazing. I, I happened to uh, have a chat with uh, Nitin Kamath, the founder, when we were uh, you know, creating a video uh, with him. Essentially, they don't really have a marketing team and they haven't spent money on advertising. So to become the largest brokerage in India and one of the largest brokers in the world without external capital, without spending uh, money on advertising is phenomenal. And uh, that's what I'm planning to tackle next with the growth data. Looking forward to reading that when it comes out. Sure. Thanks for taking time out, Justin, for this discussion. Like we've got a lot of insights from you. Like how, uh, how do you actually go about thinking of first principles when you go ahead and build your marketing plan and also so many examples that you've shared from your experience. I'm definitely sure that the audience has got some very good actionable takeaways from this discussion. Uh, like just to round this up, I wanted to, uh, do like a quick rapid fire with you. What's an article that you've read recently that you would recommend? Um, yeah, so I recently came across, uh, you know, this, this series of, uh, posts about, uh, coaching networks. It was written by, uh, the team at Emergence Capital. Um, it's, it's, it's not a new piece. I discovered it recently. Um, essentially coaching networks are about, uh, 
platforms that don't just help with uh, automation, but over time, they also enable people using the tools to make more effective decisions by pooling knowledge together, right? So think of, say, uh, uh, a platform that helps uh, customer support teams. Um, essentially, it, it helps them pool their knowledge, build that uh, you know, knowledge base that would then suggest effective methods for you know, uh, different customers. So you're having a live uh, conversation with a customer and uh, you know, the coaching network suggests various solutions uh, either you know, to upsell or to solve a particular problem. So the, the whole series was about how uh, tools will start moving towards becoming coaching networks. Uh, so automation won't necessarily replace humans uh, in the sense that we know of, but it should augment uh, people. Uh, it should augment, uh, you know, the whole process of delivering value uh, through the product. So that's an interesting thing uh, that I read recently. Perfect. And a newsletter that you read every day, is there one that you follow? So I, I'm a little tardy when it comes to uh, uh, reading newsletters regularly. But uh, recently I did subscribe to the newsletter of Ashe Sangui. And there's another, that's on Substack. And another one on Substack is Divinations. So I just came across them recently and I subscribed. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the content from that. Uh, also, interestingly, uh, uh, you know, I subscribed to this WhatsApp channel being run by uh, Anmol Maini. Uh, you know, it's a paid subscription where he, you know, uh, gives, uh, you know, a daily update or, or, or something interesting about the Indian startup ecosystem uh, on a daily basis. Quite interesting. I'll probably look into that, uh, the paid subscription on the WhatsApp group. And uh, definitions as a newsletter is very interesting, deep dives into strategy. So that's something that I read as well. And uh, also Justin, like who are people that you absolutely should follow on Twitter? Like since I know that you're active on Twitter, like who are like two, three people that you would suggest everyone to follow? Sure. So uh, the folks I'm mentioning don't have a blue tick uh, because a lot of the the very popular ones, uh, you know, most of the listeners would already perhaps be following them. Uh, I recently came across, uh, you know, Julian Lair. Um, I think I read uh, one of his uh, blog posts about signaling. Um, I would I would highly recommend uh, checking out that article. Uh, I follow Jeff Morris Jr on Twitter. He is uh, quite popular. Um, essentially, he, I think, ran, uh, you know, revenue at Tinder. Um, I, I find, uh, you know, stuff from Sajid Pai of Bloom Ventures quite interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to enjoy the stuff he writes. Uh, another, you know, interesting Twitter account uh, from a product from a product manager at uh, Gojek, uh, Manas Saloy. I think he tweets a lot and writes a lot. And uh, there's typically a lot of content that is food for thought. Perfect. Thanks for sharing those suggestions with us.
thanks a lot justin thanks for taking time out and how can people reach out to you like you've shared so much information i'm definitely sure people have a lot of questions yeah so uh, i am sort of active on twitter i don't tweet a lot but uh, i tend to uh, you know check the platform very frequently because i find my content over there so i'm on twitter uh, you can search for justin alva my handles a little more complicated it's uh, cosmic music um yeah my fascination with uh, 1970s german psychedelic rock is <laughs> quite evident over there uh, i'm on linkedin again you know justin alva uh, a search for that should uh, surface me uh, also i try and you know i'm trying to write more often and can be found at justinalva.com yeah perfect i'll add all the links articles and the twitter handles and all the information justin's mentioned i'll add all of that on the show notes Thanks Justin thanks for taking time out for the podcast a pleasure abhilash uh, i'm glad i could do this and uh, uh, pretty excited to hear the other speakers that you have lined up yes yes absolutely so we are trying to do like episodes every week now so you will definitely have a lot of content coming in soon perfect i look forward to it thanks a lot